Hey everyone, welcome back to The Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I'm your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Cosman Guido. Cosman, how's it going today? Hey, doing well, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, not only being here, but uh, reaching out. Um, I know I share my email uh, on the podcast, so people can, you know, just another medium of communication. And uh, you were my very first email, and it was very encouraging. And um, I really appreciate uh, all that you've said and all that you've encouraged me with. So I'm glad to have you on here, and I'm glad and excited for the conversation we're about to have today. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on this podcast. Fantastic. Yeah. Great to be here. So before we get started in the podcast, I do have a couple of announcements. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to uh, just address the two-week break that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, that first week, there were a bunch of fires in the hills that I live, so I got evacuated at my house and um, you know, just my luck at the same exact time. I also got COVID, so I was really knocked out that entire week. And then the following week was obviously the elections, and I'm sure that on that Wednesday, the last thing that people uh, wanted to do was listen to a podcast since they were so um, just immersed with, with what was going on in the world at that time. So uh, just like to apologize for that. We're back on track. Um, another announcement I have is that uh, December 9th, so that's going to be in a couple of weeks, December 9th will be the last podcast release um, of the year 2020. I will be taking a about a month and a half a hiatus, winter hiatus to rest for the holidays, kind of regroup. Um, also utilize this time to you know get get the back catalog back in, uh, record episodes, and then get ready for the new year. So December 9th, we will be taking that break, and then we will resume on the Wednesday after uh, Martin Luther King Day, which will be January 20th. So we will come back after the break, January 20th on that Wednesday. So um, you guys can follow us, like I say, every podcast episode at uh, on our Instagram, at The Potter's House. Um, for those of you who are listening on an iPhone, you're listening through iTunes, or even if you're listening through Spotify, please go to your I, uh, Apple Podcast app on iTunes and uh, tap the stars to rate the show. It really helps with our exposure, and I'd really appreciate it. Also, if you want to leave a written review, uh, that would be great too. I, I read them. Uh, I have two more reviews I want to read before we get started. Um, the first one is Anonymous8860 says, So grateful for such relevant topics and adherence to truth. God bless. And the next one by um, Adrian Raquel says, Each podcast generally covers a different topic each week, and I can say that I've definitely liked each one. I love the structure, the insight slash knowledge each guest brings, and just can't recommend this enough. So thank you, you two, for the um, reviews. If you want to leave a review, please do, and I will happily read it here on the episode. So now that we've gotten that all out of the way, um, Cosman, before we start with our topic, um, why don't you just provide a brief introduction about yourself for the listeners that don't know you? Yeah, um, well, uh, hello everyone that's listening. Um, so, name is uh, Cosman Garou, uh, is how we kind of go about it from an American English accent perspective. Uh, from a Romanian side, it's Cosmin Giro. And a little bit about myself uh, I am 
wonderfully happily married now for uh, over 21 years to my wife, Claudia. Um, and we have a, a wonderful daughter, uh, currently is, is uh, 19. Um, her name is Emma. And uh, for, for some of you <clears throat> that, that may know her, um, she kind of goes by the name online, Emma Blue Rose. So uh, really excited and blessed to, to have her in our lives and seeing what God is doing with her. Uh, as, a, as a Romanian, I was born in Oradia. Um, so for all the Bihoren out there, uh, Oradia. And... Uh, of course, being uh, from Oradia, uh, we actually immigrated to the U.S. in 1981. So, for probably 90, 95 percent of your of your of your listeners, uh, they probably weren't born then. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, we my family is a classic story of you know my my father he. Uh, um, defected from Romania, communism Romania in 79, so and um, <clears throat> he came uh, to, the, to the metro Detroit area who is, he was sponsored by somebody and then um, in 1981 my, uh, my mom, um, myself as the oldest of four boys and my um, brother at the time, we were two um, that were born in Romania, uh, we, we came and immigrated to the U.S. in 1981, and then I had two other brothers that were born here in the U.S. And so, raised in Michigan my whole life, um, and uh, we moved to, or I should say, we immigrated to the great state of Texas in uh, 2010, and we, uh, for, for a job relocation, and we lived in the Dallas metro area for about four years, and in 2014, moved to San Antonio, uh, Texas, which seems to be a hotbed for a lot of folks um, as they're kind of uh, shifting and considering uh, other stages of their life. Uh, professionally, uh, I, uh, I, I actually was, uh, I'll say, one of the first that, that graduated college, uh, went to art school. Uh, went to art school. I wanted to be uh, what's called an industrial designer. I wanted to design cars in the Detroit area, obviously living in the metro Detroit area, but that shifted to uh, just overall what's called product design. So I have a lot of background in creative and design. Uh, and ironically, um, that was what launched me in uh, the digital space. And uh, back in 2002, uh, or I should say before that, I started doing um, web design because I always loved the idea of how can I create something that's instantly seen by, by anyone in the world. And so this was like late 90s, right? I mean, I, anyway, I'm not going to get into the, the history of the internet, but it was, you know, I was one of the first, we'll say, ethnic Romanians that uh, really started getting into web and, uh, you know, built our church website. We were one of the first ones that um, had a domain for a website. And so really excited, but that really launched uh, me to say, hey, you know what? I want to start doing this as a, as a career, as a profession. And so um, started my own web design company, you know, building small websites that actually uh, <clears throat> grew into um, what I call a nearshore company. Back in uh, the early 2000s, there was a lot of what's called offshore, uh, where, you know, folks would hire people from India, et cetera. We were, we had a strategy with my partner from Romania at the time where we said, hey, you know what? Um, we'll hire designers, developers in Romania and, um, you know, work, uh, work on, you know, small to medium-sized, um, you know, 
websites here in the U.S. and, and globally. And so we did that in 2002. I launched a company, uh, a web design company that turned into a, a digital marketing company. And we actually grew, uh, grew the company to be about 35 or so employees, um, you know, mostly in, in, in Romania. And so, um, you know, very entrepreneurial minded, but that really launched me into the whole, hey, I got creative background. I got some digital business background. Um, and then in 2007, uh, Romania went into the European Union and it really impacted our company, uh, impacted our resources. I mean, people, you know, Apple, um, you know, Microsoft, other big companies were coming and poaching, you know, our top talent, like we can't compete with that. And so um, got out of, um, got out of the company, uh, exited the company and was really saying, hey, Lord, you know, what, what should I do? And uh, I was uh, like the third employee to like a, a small digital startup in the Detroit area that basically took my background and experience and it helped me really, um, <clears throat> you know, basically have a, a company without the worry of, you know, the financials uh, behind it. And uh, that's what really led me into this is around 2007, eight, where, where Facebook was just beginning to uh, open up themselves, you know, beyond just a .edu email address, right? Like you needed more than just a, um, you know, to be a part of a, college or university. And so, um, you know, I really saw that as like an opportunity for businesses among other people back then of saying, hey, how do companies and businesses really leverage social, social media uh, to really make a brand impact, uh, you know, a uh, engagement impact and, you know, even a, a product acquisition impact, right? And so this was really early on and I was kind of like the, the spokesperson for this agency um, that I was a part of for what we were calling then social business. And, um, you know, really had a great opportunity to do things. But I'll, I'll kind of wrap up where, where it kind of led me to where I am right now. Brands were beginning to um, want these social media, social marketing experts within their companies. And, um, you know, God, God blessed me and opened up an opportunity um, in Texas where, where I had a chance to be I'll say one of the first uh, social media titled employees at Samsung. Um, and so uh, that was a, an amazing global opportunity to be able to help impact and eventually um, got to where I am today uh, working for a company called USAA, which is a financial services uh, company uh, based out of based out of San Antonio that um, is it really serves the military community um, and those that are part of uh, those that are part of the military. So really blessed to be where we are today. But that's a little bit of my background. Um, ministry wise, I've been a part in parallel in all of this uh, was always involved in church, uh, you know, uh, was part of a you know, Kinaret, uh, got into worship ministry and really helped establish worship ministries both in Detroit, in Dallas, and now at, at in San Antonio. And currently, um, <clears throat> currently actually lead what we're calling the media ministry at our church in San Antonio, Bethany, um, where I'm currently at, and, and serve as a minister there. And I'm really excited to, um, and I've shared this with others, to kind of go on record, probably one of the only ministers that are part of a pastoral board when it comes to media ministry. And really the seed of that is how do we take the gospel and the message of what we're doing within our four walls strategically beyond for the gospel to reach out. Right. And so um, I'll just leave it at that. But that's kind of like background. And you mentioned that um, you were involved in this uh, specific field and um you know, obviously that's very unique. Obviously that's why we're here talking today because, you know, I don't know how it was, um, you know, back then in Michigan or how it is now in San Antonio, but I mean, here in Southern California, 
um, almost every Romanian, uh, you know, in the generation before mine and my parents' generation uh, who, you know, immigrated from Romania to the United States, um, almost all of them are involved in the construction industry. They're either contractors, um, you know, business owners, uh, they do engineering that kind of coincides with what the contractors do. So the, that's where the, you know, that's where the, the money is. That's where they all kind of got involved in the nineties. And, um, you know, it's very unique of you for at that time when people are doing this or they have one way of thinking, or they learn from their fathers, what they did in Romania to kind of branch off and kind of take a leap of faith into something that's new. So, um, why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What, what kind of got you started uh, where was where did the passion come from? When did you realize it? And then um, how were you able? How was God able to work through you in the career path that you have chosen? Yeah, um, I'll never forget. Uh, I was in high school, right, kind of senior year, and I went to my my parents' bedroom. There's some you know in the bed, kind of getting ready to go to go to sleep. I'm like, hey, mom, dad, I I know what I want to do. Like, all right, you know, most, most, uh, you know, most, most Romanian parents, right. To your point, like construction, et cetera, but their dream is like, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an engineer. Right. Yeah. And I looked at them and I said, I want to go to art school. (laughs) (laughs) My my dad, my dad, my mom was like, okay, right. From like an Oradia perspective. Um, but, uh, but I, I told as a, as a, I'll say as an innocent, you know, 17, 18 year old, uh, at that moment, I told him, I said, you know, mom, dad, if I love what I do, God's going to bless me financially. If I go for the money and don't like what I like to do, I don't want to live that life. So that was kind of like the basic principle. Um, again, like a like an innocent 17 year old that really seeded uh, a lot of the a lot of the opportunities that came along the way. And, you know, what? It, it was, you know, it, it was hard. I remember being my probably second year of, of college, uh, there was a guy that was probably like a, a year younger than me. He had just started his roofing business, um, you know, and it started growing. He started building, you know, getting all these big machines. He's pulling up at Tineret with like this red Corvette. And that, that night or that day before, like I literally in the morning looked at my parent and looked at my dad's you know, suit pocket to see if yeah, I can find like two to three dollars to have lunch, right? Because I was like literally, a, you know, a starving college kid, right? Like, and so I asked myself, I'm like, why, why, why don't I go that route versus this route? Um, but, but inside of me, I said, hey, you know what? If I get this foundation, um, you know, it will open up doors. And you know, what we try and tell, you know, our daughter and you know, other young people that I that I that I kind of talk to and, and mentor, you know, I, I always tell them, I say, hey. Um, you know, you either, you either, you know, love it, not education is not for everyone, right? You either love education and you can, you kind of go that route or, Hey, you know what? You better have a good work ethic and work and do something well. You know, I was, I, I, you know, I, I saw myself as that in between of like, I love the education learning part and I, I had the work ethic, right. Uh, as a first generation immigrant to say, Hey, you know what? I want to do something different. I want to make an impact. And it, it, it was different. I typically was, uh, you know, as an ethnic Romanian, um, I always have to explain to myself, to my family, my friends, my church of like what I really do. Like, they're just like, okay, he's in IT. I'm like, no, 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 no I'm not, I'm not with computer. I mean, I am, but I'm not right. Like it, it, it just, they just couldn't grasp it. And even today, right. Like 
if I tell somebody that I, you know, I lead a team that does, you know, media and advertising for a multi-billion dollar company and I manage millions of dollars in paid media, they're just like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> and it's not to, not to boast, but it's, it's one of those things where, um, it, it is a unique field. Unlike, um, you know, unlike other things that a lot of, I think Romanians, um, do, but, um, now with the, you know, we'll say like your generation and others that are coming up, it's so encouraging to see that um, they are pursuing their passions and financially it will be beneficial. It's funny that you bring that up um, just because uh, I have like a similar shorty story to share, um, but it's not about me. And I don't know if my dad's cool with me sharing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But um, he was one of the first engineers of his generation and, um, you know, in the early 90s, uh, where, you know, his buddies, his age, you know, when they're in their you know early 20s or so, um, they had their own contracting business. They're the ones making all the money. They're the ones buying all the properties. And then he was like the super poor college kid who, you know, was rethinking and having a quarter life crisis because, you know, all my all my friends over here, they're making their money. They're, you know, they're getting married. They're they're all ready for for life, and they'll be financially set. But you know, here you you know you're in college. You you don't know if you're going to finish, especially in engineering, and um, you're broke. So it was uh, it was uh, you know an amazing turnaround that God did in his life and our lives. So um, you know, it, obviously the parents push for these uh, very well known career paths and professions. But I think it's really important to follow your passion because, like you said, God's gonna bless you wherever you are. If you're faithful to him, he's going to bless you. And that could be in anything and uh, more so than the financial aspect. Uh, but you know, the evangelistic aspect as well, and the ways that we can use our careers and our talents and skills that we've been given and blessed with for his kingdom. So uh, I want to highlight something uh, that we, we talked about off air. Um, Cause you mentioned you did do web design for your church uh, you were the one who established the the church website, but you also did it for, um, and this was about 20 years or so ago, uh, you did it for the Row Youth uh, Movement right. website. So I want to talk a little bit about that just to see um, how that started, uh, how you were initially involved, and then how it grew from there. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so uh, I, I was... I was the one that kind of founded and established rowyouth.com. Um, and maybe for majority of your listeners, they're like, man, I kind of heard about that. I'm not sure, but you know, uh, so yeah, in, in 2002, I was um, involved in as one of the youth leader, youth worship leaders at the time. And we, we had, um, we, we had been selected to the East coast youth convention and, and for 2003, and uh, I still remember, I think it was probably um, uh, spring, springtime to kind of summer, I, lo- I looked at my wife and I said, hey, you know what, like, I really think we need to build a website to connect ethnic Romanian youth. And um, at the time, there was a dom- another domain that I won't say the name that was similar. Um, and I reached out to that person because someone was already doing something similar where it was like, basically like forum based, right? Where it kind of threads, et cetera. And I said, Hey, uh, I reached out to the guy. I said, Hey, do you want to partner collaborate? He's like, uh, not really. I said, okay, Hey, do you mind? I'm going to actually, you know, get a domain similar to your, yours. And, you know, we're going to leverage it to kind of bring together people for this East coast youth convention. And he's like, yeah, sure. And so, um, and so basically I, I started as a, as a forum community 
right? With threads where people commented for more for announcements, right? And, and, and at that time, you know, interacting with other youth, right? And so we launched it and uh, used that platform of communicating the East Coast Youth Convention to say, hey, you know what? We, we traveled to, you know, different churches like Chicago, Detroit, obviously, um, you know, nearby, <clears throat> and just introduced it as a way to stay connected about the East Coast Youth Convention. And this was, this was what maybe like, um, we started going on a roadshow maybe September, October of 2002, and in May 2003 was the convention. And so by February, March, we started seeing like about a thousand accounts already like, signed up to, to Row Youth. And I'm like, what is going on, right? And uh, began to develop it and, and found different plugins, et cetera. And, you know, for, for most listeners, it's like, why is this important? But I installed a photo upload <laughs> capability where you're able to upload your photo and have your gallery for people to comment on it. And so uh, that, that in itself just exploded. By the time I think we were at the convention, we were probably close to 5,000 like different accounts and, you know, from hubs in Portland, California, Texas, Chicago, like I was just seeing it explode. And so um, I, I basically in, inherited a, a community of, of ethnic Romanian youth uh, that, that was really growing faster and faster. And this is obviously pre, this is 2003, 2004, pre-social media, uh, or I should say pre-Facebook, pre-MySpace uh, for an opportunity for people to connect. And uh, we, we got it to a point by, um, by I think it was 2000 six or seven, uh, we had 30,000 accounts. At one point in 2004, um, and this I'm talking globally, and we actually had extensions. We had rowyouth.ca for Canada, um, I forgot what it was for Austria. We had something for, for Australia. Like we had it, and we actually had the rowyouth.ro. We actually started seeing a, a Romanian community <laughs> starting sprouting up. And I would have different um, administrators and, and partners manage those, but it became a pretty big operation. Uh, but long story short, like it got to a point where digitally, I think it was probably in late 2004, 2000, early 2005, we would have 1,000 concurrent users at one time. I mean, I'd have pastors call me up and be like, what is going on? Right. Um, and so, you know, at one point we were probably the largest ethnic Romanian gathering, you know, anywhere at one time. And so, um, you know, to this, to this day, um, you know, I still see people that, um, I meet people that, um, you know, say, Hey, you know what? Um, having a community like that really got me through so many different things. And, you know, so many couples actually come up to me and say, Hey, I met my spouse on there. You know, one time I'll never forget. I was like walking out of a conference and some young guy came to me and he's like, why don't you start a roaddate.com? I'm like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause yeah, 2003, that's, I mean, if it's pre MySpace, I mean, it's pre everything. So having, not only having that forum or connecting capabilities, but having the, you know, uploading pictures and comment, uh, commenting capabilities, I think that was Way one of its first, time. yeah, one of its first of its time. So um, one question that just kind of came up to my, uh, came to my mind as you were uh, sharing this, but um, at the time, what was, you know, because this, this is like a, this platform, this movement is very polarizing, especially amongst the right. Romanian community. Um but what was the uh, pastoral 
response or reaction um, from the various pastors, Romanian pastors across the U.S., um, what was their response? Because typically when we, from what I've seen, when something happens that um, kind of pushes or brings a lot of Romanian youth together, um, you know, typically they have something to say, but um, was it a good response? Was it a negative response? Uh, how did they respond at that time? Yeah, I think many, many, from from what I saw, many didn't know how to react. They mm-hmm. saw this as something online um, when they would get, we'll say, complaints from you know people locally. Um, I find out about it. They reach out. Um, you know, we would review and kind of take action. So, for example, if there's a you know a photo that was causing a scandal or uh, you know a discussion, but um, early on, uh, I, I, I I'm a relationship person, and so. I was very close one with my senior pastor. He was lockstep in, in, in what I was doing, even though it wasn't officially part of our church. He was lockstep into what I was doing. And in, in the Metro Detroit area, um, the senior pastor at the time, he was um, Simithi Book. Um, and so, uh, and then I started establishing uh, relationships with, with a lot of other senior pastors, just from traveling, seeing, explaining, uh, actually, at one point at one of the main conventions, uh, we actually had a workshop. We actually had a workshop about, um, think, I think we called it um, e-ministry. I think it was called e-ministry, right? How to, how to handle and, and, and manage online ministry and, and what is happening online. So, you know, started educating pastors on what is being done and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. And so, you know, to kind of use a professional term, uh, not, not, not really intending to, but I was working to get buy-in from a lot of these senior pastors and we'll say influential pastors that understood what we were doing, right? And I had the spiritual maturity to say, hey, you know what? This is a place where our young people can connect and spend their time and, and meet and, and discuss and debate, you know, all kinds of topics, right, that are moderated. And we moderated, by the way, um, you know, at one point, I think I had over 20 moderators. Um, you know, we had a, 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 we had a guideline of what you can and can't do, et cetera, right? And so I got this acceptance from, we'll say, many influential pastors uh, that understood what was being done. And, and that was done through, I think, just having, you know, solid relationships with them, right? Being, you know, having integrity with them uh, and communicating with them often, right? Of saying, hey, here's, and, and actually at one point, uh, we had a whole forum, right? Because in a, in, a, in a forum community, you have multiple forums with threads underneath, right? So we actually had a forum dedicated to pastor's corner, I think it was called, where um, I actually asked like three to five pastors to be active there to respond to young people's questions and comments. And so, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to name which ones they were because I, I don't remember all of them right now off the top of my head. But again, they were they were influential pastors that were that were involved. And I will I will name one uh, because he, he really was a big support. Um, Brother Philodim Kampian from Philadelphia and Chicago. He uh, I know he was fairly active and obviously like our senior pastor was active as well. And so, you know, I had those had the buy in from those pastors, which was which was really helpful. Yeah, I think the the transparency is probably a, the biggest contributing factor, um, you know, for its success and for its pastoral support. Bringing it up, uh, and I, you know, for you listeners out there, if you guys want to start something um, that's 
related to the community that's benefiting or at least you're trying to benefit the community, uh, you know, I would I would recommend and I'm sure Cosmic could attest to, um, you know, being transparent, being communicative with your spiritual leaders at your um, respective churches. So if you want to do something, you know, do that. So, um, you know, and, and it's crazy to think that, you know, I'm thinking at, at this time, it's over 15 years ago. And you said you were able to get so much support from these influential pastors in the remaining community because, um, you know, from from my experience, I, I, you know, I, I have very vague memories from from those times. But uh, just growing up in the remaining community, I, I saw so much uh, reluctance and resistance to uh, the media and uh, kind of cooperating with the media. Um, you know, for our church example, we only recently got. Um, our services on Facebook Live, which was earlier this year, uh, mostly due to the pandemic uh, when we were uh, at home. But just over the years looking, I mean, it was just a slow, slow, uh, you know, very small steps in that direction. So being able to generate that kind of response and that kind of support uh, in the you know mid 2000s is um, is amazing. So that's that's awesome. And praise God that he was able to work uh, through that. So um, just really quick, any uh, does it still exist? Any updates on the Row Youth Forum, or is it? Yeah, uh, um, no. I think I think officially closed it up in, in probably two thousand seven or eight, and uh, it, it really was because the emergence of MySpace, the emergence of Facebook, really started seeing you know real big declines. Um, the 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 forum, um, we'll say platform that I use, started becoming very vulnerable and. We started to get some, you know, outside hacking attempts, et cetera, and it just got way bigger and, and way, way riskier. Um, and I saw the decline in overall engagement go down, et cetera. And um, you know, I think I think we closed it up probably late 2007 or eight or so. Um, and that, right now, if you go it's royuth.com, I just have like a basic, hey, you know, um, royuth is closed. We'll see what happens in the future. Um, and so, so that's it. Awesome. So. Uh, kind of transitioning into the second part of our um, of this episode, and it's kind of like the theme that we've been kind of talking about for for you know this first part, and it's about how God can use us where we are, um, and you know particularly speaking in our professional careers in our occupations, how God can work through us, and then at the same time how we could still be rooted not only in, in our churches but in Christ and just answer his commission while we are busy and maybe at times overwhelmed or occupied with what we do in our professional lives. So, um, you know, we have here uh, this presentation that you sent me that you presented before. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a chance to talk about it. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in when I do. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, just being a, a ethnic Romanian American that um, we'll say has has lived here in the U.S., born in Romania, lived in the U.S. in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. You know, now we're already 2020s, right? Um, I I've always tried to package that, and I've had this call in my heart to say, how do I how do I share um, kind of the journey that, that that God has taken? You know, me being being here in those different decades, understanding not only uh, as an American, but also a Romanian. Um, I remember growing up, like most of us, right? It's kind of like the identity crisis of like, you know, five to six days a week, I'm an American. And then one to two days, I'm a, I'm a Romanian, right? Like if you go to church or like whatever it is, right? And so, um, you know, I'm growing up in the 80s where, 
you know, most of the people in the 80s that came to the U.S. were ones that were, you know, defected from Romania, right? In the 90s, after the fall of communism, they came via, you know, lottery, visas, etc. I remember as a young person seeing the difference in, in, in the people that would come and what they would do. And then obviously in the 2000s, now you have a generation uh, that either were born here or, or um, you know, have, have uh, you know, have grown up here. Uh, that that don't understand what what that, they only know they, they don't understand what their parents and grandparents went through and I'll never forget I was at a at a, at a youth conference probably 2005 or six and there was a pastor that that asked you know before he started his message he's like hey let me do a quick poll and there was probably like three five hundred I don't know three four hundred people in, in the in the audience at the time he's like hey how many of you guys have um, been have been born in Romania and um, have have gone back to Romania, right? And, you know, a few hands. Um, then he asked, how many of you were born in Romania but have never gone back to Romania, right? So understanding that culture. And there's a few more hands. He's like, how many of you have been born in America and have never gone back to Romania? Like 85% of the people. So I was just blown away. I was like, who are we talking to? There, this is like... You know, we're the, the five to ten percent of of the of the you know of the people that we're trying to the person that's up there is reaching five to ten percent of those people, right? Because it's it's hard to connect with that that community. And so ever since then, there's been this thing in my heart of like, how how do we really understand our identity and how do we use it both in our in our personal life when it comes to you know relationships, family, uh, in our professional life, be it business or you know corporate and ministry, right? Because there's a thread there. And, you know, I've, I've taken a hard look at, at my identity. And currently, uh, I really see it as like, if, if, you know, for those of you that understand what a Venn diagram is, right? Like, I see Christ at the very top, right? I see, you know, technology, like, in, in like media on one side, and like creative, you know, creative solving on the other one, right? And so my identity is like that, that core, like my focus has always been Christ has always been ministry and what that drives me. Right, like I'll drop everything for, for, for ministry because I know that's that's the most important thing. However, professionally and like personally, right, it's technology and like this creative and being that. And so I've seen that as my my sweet spot. And I think as 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 young people or as people in general, because you could probably be like 50, 60 plus, right? And you probably don't even realize what your identity is, right? Understanding what that is and, and, and going before the Lord and you know, really being intentional saying, you know you know, how has God created me? What, what circumstances has he put me in? Um, you know, to really start understanding that is it, it, it won't come right away, but being vigilant and, and, and aware of that, it starts coming together. And so um, that's why I, I put together, there was a, a friend of mine, um, uh, for those of you in, in, in the Cali and, and other areas, uh, Eddie Spinjo, he actually reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, we have this, uh, you know, camp called the summit and, you know, would love, would love for you to kind of share, you know, share what you share, share what's on your heart. And I said, Hey, this is what I'd like to talk about. And so um, I think it was 2018. I had an opportunity to go to summit and share this, um, share this uh, kind of overview, if you will, uh, and, and hopefully be helpful for, um, you know, anyone that kind of listens. And so, yeah, just from, from an identity perspective, right? Like, um, you know, a lot of people can probably relate to a lot of things that I talked about right now. Um, but the way that, the way that, um, you know, I kind of share this idea of identity, like 
obviously from an identity in Christ perspective, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other a direction that we can go to. Um, but I, I really wanted to share something practical with, with a, lot of, a lot of people to say, hey, you know what? In order for me to kind of help understand my identity as an ethnic Romanian, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of things maybe that can help me get started. And, um, you know, again, being very creative problem solver, I looked at identity. I'm like, oh, my God, you can actually break this up into like four different kind of things, right? So I kind of broke up the word identity into like the letter I. Uh, the next set is a D-E-N-T, uh, dent. And then after that is I-T. And then it, and then why, right? The letter Y. So basically, um, kind of break it up into like the I of like who am I, the dent, like do I make a mark? Do I make an impact? Um, it, like what what are my what are my options? Like what am I really looking at? And then why, like discovering my why. So kind of broke it up into these you know these four different um, categories. And so um, I could I could go into each one just a little bit. Um, I wish that there could be a visual, but I know it's a podcast, and so um, you know, happy. I know you have I know you have the overall presentation, and you know could could make it available if if needed. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so so just to kind of really quickly uh, put it together, right? Like the eye of like who am I? I think from an identity perspective, what's really helped me understand who am I is. Um, you know, kind of knowing who you are will take time. So a lot of, a lot of folks, a lot of folks, you know, are like, you know, I don't know my identity, right? Like, I, I don't really, I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an American, like I'm a, my parents are like, from, like knowing who you are will take time. Like start there. Like don't, don't expect to know who you are right away. Right. And pay attention, listen to feedback from like your family and close friends. Like they'll tell you like, Hey, you know, um, you know, you're, you're really good in this or, Hey, watch out for that or whatever it is, you know, don't, don't try and be somebody you're not right. It's a, it's a cliche. Uh, but, but that's, what's really helped me is, is understanding like, Hey, I, it's fine if I don't know who I am right now. And that was, you know, especially helpful when I was younger. And as, it, as time went by, even now, like I'm like, and if you remember when I said like the Venn diagram, currently, this is my identity. You know, I believe God, develops us, matures us, grows us, right, through experiences, through trials, through, you know, victories, etc. right? Um, you know, who, who am I? And, you know, like you, um, you, you just recently went through COVID um, in, in early September. Um, I, I did as well. And so, um, you know, it, it was, it was a time of like, Lord, even though, thank God, I did not have, you know, severe complications during that time. Like, uh, it was it was mild, but it still took like almost nine for me. It took nine days for like the fever to go away, right? Um, and my whole family had it. They 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 kind of went through it in like a day, two, three, four days, right? But I'm like, Lord, like life is so much more. And a lot of times, as you know, as as a young person, like there's and and as a person in general, there's moments like that where it's like, you know, who I really want to understand who am I? Not just for myself, but for you, Lord. Like, what have I done, etc. But you know, know that it will take time. Um, and so kind of moving on to like, uh, you know, the, the second one dent, right? Like, do, do I make a mark? Right. So not once you begin to start understanding, like, Hey, what are, what, what are my family close friends? Those ones that, you know, they're, I'm starting to, to understand what I'm, what I'm good at, not only in ministry, but in, you know, kind of professional, you know, business wise, uh, you know, family, like how can, how can I make a mark? Right. Um, and, and, and 
you know, the Lord put on my heart, the Lord put on my heart, for example, I believe it, right, that the idea of row youth, right, where I just, that was, I really wanted to help connect ethnic Romanian youth. And actually, that was our slogan the whole time. It was like, row youth, connecting ethnic Romanian youth, like wherever, wherever I would show row youth, it was always, that was its purpose. That was, that was why we we're doing it. It was like our, it was definitely not, it was, it was our slogan, right? Like a lot of people would say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I would look through the filter of like, is it really connecting ethnic Romanian youth, right? And so uh, there was this focus on consistency and it started to make, it started to make a dent, right? And people's like consciousness of like, this is really what, what this is all about. And a lot of things in, you know, that I've, I've seen in my life, especially in ministry, like helping with uh, worship ministry, for example, right? Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that uh, churches should not have worship team or should not have a worship team. They should think about a worship ministry because, um, you know, we see the, we see in the Bible, right? Like you had your Levites and you have, you had those, it was very well organized, right? Very well orchestrated, right? And I think, you know, worship has always been, and especially in our ethnic Romanian churches, and I know we've had other, other, other guests that have spoken about this, that, um, you know, had, had great points, um, it, there isn't necessarily consistency from a perspective of, um, you know, uh, I'll say spiritual maturity in those that are that those that are seen responsible for it. And I'm speaking very general. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of great ministries out there, a lot of great teams. But um, in, in my experience, I focused on worship ministry and consistency in developing that ministry. Right, consistency and like. Uh, not only not only the people um, and trying to develop them and help them lead by example, et cetera, it really made a mark within within the ministry and the church. Um, and and I, I you know from a from a dent perspective, what was I was I was I was there results, right? Was there feedback of like, hey, you know what? It's going good. The, you know, the Holy Spirit really moved or uh, hey, at a job level like or, or a personal level like was it producing, that's how you can, that's how you can see, that's how you can see that it's, it's making a difference and not, you're not the only one that's, hey, this is who I am and this is what I want to do, but everybody around you is like, uh, no, not really, right? Um, and so th those are a couple of things from uh, making, you know, kind of making a mark from an identity perspective and then kind of moving on to the, 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 the IT part of identity, <clears throat> it's, it's the, the it, right? Like, you start once you once you once you start understanding like you know the eye and then beginning to make a mark you start seeing like different options that 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 are coming to you that that you know that you're able to you know make an impact from an identity perspective and um you know there's multiple there's multiple um you know opportunities that come that way and you know this is a point though where i think this is a point where I think it's really important to surround yourself with mentors. And so, um, you know, a lot of times when, you know, either we do something or we're known for something, um, we start going on, on, on this, on this, you know, real world track of like moving forward. Right. And we'll probably self equip ourselves with something, you know, either professionally ministry, family, et cetera. But, uh, that's the opportunity where like, let, let me get some, let me get some, you know, other, other input here. And, and, you know, that's where it's important from a relationship standpoint to, you know, get a mentor, get somebody to kind of be like, wait, hold, hold on a minute, like pause here or accelerate there. Right. And it, again, like, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm a relationship person. And so 
um, you know, I had those senior pastors around me to kind of be like, hey, is this, you know, are we going on the right track or what else could we do, right? And then it helped, it helped allow me to focus on things, right? It helped allow me to focus on like, instead of doing all these different things, how can like think about this? And so, um, you know, that, that's, I've really applied that not only ministry, but also professionally as well, right? Where, um, especially when you work in, in, in my field with like digital marketing, uh, advertising, et cetera, like you can go in so many different ways. And, you know, I just, I focused on, on certain areas where, where I saw that there would be like the biggest opportunities or, you know, from mentors and others around me and be like, hey, that's the direction that is, is for the future, right? Um, and so I'll kind of leave it at there to kind of finish off with um, the, the, the why in identity, right? Discovering, you know, at the end, like after, after from an identity perspective, you start understanding, um, you know, who you are, how you're making a mark, um, you know, uh, how, how, how it's, how it's working. It's like, you start asking yourself like, okay, um, why am I doing this? Or, or like, is this something that I want to continue to do? Should I keep going and doing this, you know, as a, um, you know, as, as a person, as an ethnic Romanian or, or whatever it is. And, you know, all, all along, um, one thing that I, I should have probably said in the beginning is the relationship with God and, and staying close to him in prayer and, and his word, um, you know, allow, allow God to open up those right doors. A lot of times we, you know, we, 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 we force a lot of things from an identity perspective, but if you stay close to God, and I've seen this firsthand in my life, like he's opened up the right doors and closed some doors, um, you know, and, 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 and it's, 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 it's amazing to see how God works when, when it comes from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, just those are, <laughs> begin to start allowing, begin to start, you know, allowing and, and, and pouring out into others from, from a leadership perspective, uh, you know, and, and start educating them to kind of be like, hey, you know, here, here, here's, here's how you can do what you can do. And that's kind of what brings me to the point here, right? Like, uh, I've, I've had all, all of these experiences, um, and, and they're, they're not for me. They're, I believe they're for, uh, you know, impact into the kingdom and, and, and being an encouragement, being somebody that, that can be an example um, and a, a, you know, a, a leader uh, to, to not only those closest to me, but those that are around me and beyond um, to be able to say, hey, look, you know what, you, you, can, be, you can be an ethnic Romanian. Um, you can kind of use, use what God has put into you to help, to help you understand your identity, not only in him, but you know, here, um, here, while we're here, um, both in ministry and professionally, you know, business and in family to really help make an impact. So at the end of the day, others around you can, you know, be drawn to that and say, Hey, what, you know, what, what is it, you know, that identity that you have, you know, how, you know, how is it something that I can have? And then that's where you can open up the doors for um, not only sharing, but also the gospel. And, and that's, you know, that's where it kind of led me where, um, you know, it, it's given me opportunities to say, Hey, it's not me. It's it's really God that's allowed me to, to help help me understand all of this, and it opens up that door for for discussion of the gospel. Yeah, that's awesome because the why you know discovering the why kind of wraps it all back around and it kind of ties everything else together. That's um, right. Because understanding the purpose of what we do and why we do it, and knowing that it's God working through us, it's God opening those doors. And it's for his glory and his kingdom that we do all these things. And, uh, you know, I really like, you know, making your mark. That's so interesting to think because 
Um, you know, a lot of us, you know, wherever you can be, you could be ethnic Romanians in the U.S. here. You could be any young person involved in a church or you can be any young person in general. But um, I think an important question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we making a mark? Are we doing something? Is is what we're doing not only benefit, you know, is it beneficial for, uh, you know, the kingdom of God? Are we furthering his kingdom? And um, right. a lot of us fall in this trap in this cycle of complacency. And then, um, you know, it's, it's, it's false. We, we think that because we attend a church, because our family is Christian, because we, um, you know, because we're CEOs, uh, as a friend of mine has said, um, Christmas and Easter only Christians. Mm-hmm. So, um, because we're that, uh, we think that we're all good, but that's not the case. And we have to understand that you know, we all have an identity, and our identity is in Christ, and He has a specific calling for our lives. And um, you, know, you did mention the timing. I know, uh, you know a couple weeks back, I had uh, your good friend Danny Kovacs on the podcast, and uh, he mentioned, um, you were talking about God's calling for our lives. He talked about you know, certain passions that God has given us, but he also mentioned the timing as well, because... Uh, you know, we as Romanians, from what I've seen, and it kind of comes from the previous generation, um, we like to get a little ahead of ourselves, um, especially with, you know, parents with their kids kind of trying to push them, try, wanting them to succeed. And then uh, we realize that, you know, we, we run straight through a closed door. And that's because God hasn't opened that door yet because he knows that the right time is coming up. So understanding that. Um, not only takes prayer, but requires a lot of faith and understanding that God has a path set for us and that he will use us. And all we have to do is make ourselves available for him to use for his ministry and his glory. So uh, that's great. I, I really like the word, how you unpacked it, how it all comes together. And then again, at the end, understanding why, why do we do this? Why are we who we are? Why are we on this earth? And uh, why do we serve him? So uh, yeah. that's, 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 that's great. And, yeah. And uh, there's, and there's also, you know, I kind of tie up, um, you know, with, with, with a scripture that's really anchored to a, a lot of, um, you know, what, what I've kind of shared, um, you know, when kind of understanding and, you know, using, you know, your, your sound judgment. And I love from second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, where it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think you asked the question earlier about like the pastors, like, you know, weren't you, what, what do they say? Right. Um, you know, this, this whole, this, this scripture holds so true, um, not only for me then, but even now as of today, uh, where, where God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. But one of power and love, but I love how it says that sound judgment. Right. And so, um, that's where it's really important to stay close to him, stay close to his word, uh, and and he'll he'll uncover um, you know what what are the paths for you to move forward and helping develop your identity. Awesome and uh, Cosman, as we're wrapping up this episode, um, if there's one thing that the listeners that you want the listeners to take home, uh, what would that be? Yeah, I think um, the most important thing f- for me to share with everyone is. Um, understand your understanding your identity is is important Um, don't expect to understand it right away Uh, it takes time Um, and but but once you do allow allow yourself 
the flexibility by staying close to God, uh, staying close to his word, staying close to him in prayer, being, being consistent in your actions, your words, your thoughts. And it's amazing how God can use you, whatever you do, uh, to really make an impact, not only in your, your family, um, your, your, your job, be a business career, but, you know, um, also ministry, which that I think is the most important because, um, you know, I love being a Romanian and, um, you know, of my generation, of my generation, I could probably say, unfortunately, I cannot count on one hand how many are still within the church serving and, um, you know, living their life uh, from a from a serving perspective to make sure that you know the Lord works in others people's hearts and so um, you know I, I really want to encourage every young person to say hey you know what not only do we um, want to understand our identity but how can we use it locally within our church within our jobs and our family awesome well thank you so much Cosman for for being on here for providing uh, not only your insight but your expertise considering your background, considering um, all the things that you were involved with growing up and all the things that you are still currently involved with in your ministry and then in your professional career. So uh, thank you so much for being on here. Um, If people want to find you on the internet, uh, where can they find you? So I'm big on personal branding. And so you can find me socially anywhere um, at CosGuru, C-O-S-G-U-R-U. And I will definitely provide the handle in our Instagram post, but you can also find it, like you said, anywhere you look for on the different social media yep. platforms. So and would love to would love to connect with anybody on LinkedIn as well. Um, you can just find me there. Um, that's a big, big platform. Um, if anybody needs any kind of additional thoughts or, or um, you know, kind of counsel, would, would love to help. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, as for the podcast, you can always find us, as previously mentioned, uh, on Instagram at the Potter's House. Email is thepottershouse at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening on Sp- uh, Spotify or iTunes, please go to your Apple Podcast app, tap the stars to leave a rating. If you do want to leave a written review, I would greatly appreciate it. I'll read it not only to myself, but out loud here on the podcast episodes as you guys have seen. And uh, last but not least, just a little uh, reminder. December 9th will be the last episode released for this year, and we will resume from the winter hiatus on January 20th. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.